Hello and welcome to another edition of the Mexican Soccer Show. I'm your host, Cesar Hernandez, and today we're going to talk about Tari's recent friendlies, the news from the latest League of Mexico's weekend, and also catch up on the Mexicans abroad. But before we get into that, let me introduce tonight. I'll say tonight's guest, I was going to say plural, but it's just me and Adriana tonight. So uh, Adriana, how are you doing? You're over in Mexico City. I know you were, we're all trying to rush a little bit to start this show, but we're all, we're all composed, <laughs> we're, we're set, we're good to go. I know we have like Maradona mania coming up, coming up on social media, so it would be great to see what fans also think about Maradona making his debut with Dorados right at this minute. Apparently, the Dorados fans weren't too hyped up about it. Um, but yeah, lots to talk about. We have El Tri. We still have like, um, I don't know, we have, we have like Tuca's like responses to El Tri. It's, it's becoming a telenovela slowly. Yeah. You know, you, you get the, the, the bad guys and then you have, we have to like apparently beg for Tuca to actually take the job now. And um, yeah, lots of surprises this League MX weekend. Probably the teams we thought the least would make would make that surprise, they did. So, viva Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, a lot of stuff to talk about. Like you just mentioned, Madeline, I mean, we were just talking about him, like, right before we started recording. I think even you had, you had to take a phone call, like, right there. I don't know if that was involving Maradona right there. <laughs> you definitely, uh, some people, are, I think more, more press, we're, we're keeping an eye on Maradona, but like you said, it looks like not that many fans uh, showed up to his uh, first game out there in the second division. Yeah, actually, um, I, I I think we'll we'll give them just a bit more time to get make it to the stadium because we're not the most punctual fans. Let, let's just make that honest. Like we just know that. Um, so let's wait until halftime see how many people actually go to the stadium. It's actually I think one hour less than Central Time. So okay. I don't I don't know. Let's give people a chance and see if they come up to see Maradona. And but not, yeah, the game just started and the stadium wasn't full. And I'm I'm thinking they they weren't expecting that at all. Yeah, and speaking of being late to things, apologies to everyone, because yes, we are also late, and we're about eight to nine minutes late here, <laughs> starting the Mexican soccer show. But I didn't, let's kick things off with the big question of the night, which is, uh, who will win the award for Outstanding Drama Series in the 2018 Emmys? I'm thinking, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, <laughs> we also have the Emmys going on tonight. That's, that's yeah, like there's so much going on. It's a busy on. Monday. It is it's a like busy weird. Monday. Like, people hate Mondays, and there's like lots of things, and... There's Monday Night Football, and I'm a Seahawks fan as well. So, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm keeping an eye out for that as well. All right, so let's actually go with the big question, which is what are your predictions for tomorrow's Champions League matches? And, of course, we're focusing on the Europeos. So what are your predictions for Barcelona versus PSV and Schalke versus Porto? I'm a bit more optimistic with Porto. Um, I think they have a m- much larger chance of actually um, getting a, a victory on the first game. I'd love to see PSV surprise Barcelona, but I was looking at their stats and they have like 26 unbeaten games at home and out of those 26, 24 were victories. So it seems like rough odds for Chuchuki and Eric Gutierrez, who we all love. And we just, I don't know, we just saw them and they they were were like, like, I don't know, like separated at birth or something because we really love seeing them on the weekend. But um, I really doubt that they'll get a victory out of Camp Nou. Yeah, no, as as romantic and as fantastic it would be to see those two young Mexicans getting a result against Barcelona. They, I mean, even even if PSV were at home, that would still be extremely tough. Remember, they're, they're away at the yeah. camp now, so it's I, I can't see him getting a win here. Maybe, I, w- I would say it's going to be a, a low-scoring win here for Barcelona. But either way, it's, it, I, I do hope that we see, I mean, we're more than likely going to see Chucky out there, but I do hope we see some minutes for Eric Gutierrez uh, out there. So I think... As long as we see good performances from them, regardless of the scoreline, that's that's what I'm hoping for. I think that's just me being a little realistic. So I'm going to go with a, a narrow win for Barcelona. And I think I agree with you uh, for Schalke-Porto. 
I think Porto a little bit better. They have a little bit of a better opportunity to get a result. So I'm going to go with a win there for Porto. Yeah. Maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll see an assist from uh, their captain Hector Herrera. Uh, you know, been quite the player for them uh, uh, recently. I was I was going to say actually not even just recently, but for you could say now for a solid year he's been a quite, quite a the player. Yeah. yeah, quite a consistent and reliable player for them. But uh, yeah, so I'm I, I'll, I'll going with yeah, a, a win for Barcelona and a win for Porto. Yeah, I agree. And I think um, being optimistic, I think what I would most like is to see all the Mexicans have a really good performance in both games. Yeah. Um, Hector Herrera had all these rumors surrounding him because he apparently met up with Julian Lopetegui, who is now Real Madrid coach, who was um, his coach at Porto. So all these rumors started flying out saying, oh, my God, is he going to sign for Real Madrid <laughs> next season or something? Um, so it'd be great to see that after all these speculations, he gave a good performance and we'd be like, Hey, that might not be such a bad idea eventually. I don't know. And then obviously we're all rooting for Chucky and we're hoping that Eddie Gutierrez gets some minutes as well, especially after what they saw, what they, how, how they played on the weekend. Yeah. So on Twitter, uh, J Pablo at Mexicans underscore abroad, he said four to two Barca, two goals from Chucky and Porto and Schalke zero, zero draw on the chat. Uh, we have Luis Martinez talk about a game that doesn't involve the Mexicans abroad, but still an exciting game nonetheless. He says PSG over uh, Liverpool. I think he misspelled Liverpool. I think he said Liverloop, whatever. Uh, so JP, <laughs> JP Santoy said, I'm here for the Emmys talk. Yeah, man, thank God that they're going to replay them uh, after we're done <laughs> this show because I'm going to go check that out and see what awards uh, Atlanta won. Uh, Luis I'm Martinez. ready for Game of Thrones, by the way. Game of Thrones. I feel like one of those people. We used to always, like talk to me like five times about watching that show. I just can't get. Actually, you know, there have been a lot of people who have talked to me about watching that show. I just can't yeah. get into it. Uh, and then we have uh, Adrian Ordonez who says Chucky and Guti will get a goal or assist. So uh, that's something hopefully that would I would love that. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I, oh, I love for the goal. I, I like the goal more than the assist, obviously. Yeah, I mean, away but against I, Barcelona. I'm yeah, three-one victory. I'm thinking 3-1 Barcelona, but I would yeah. love it so much if that that goal by PSV would be Chukis. Yeah. Okay, so I, I really uh, so really quickly, what we're going over, we're going to discuss today. It's going to be Altri's friendlies. We're going to go over the League of Mikey's news, Mexicans abroad, and also a little bit on the Campeones Cup. We were supposed to have uh, at Mexico World Cup himself, Tom Marshall, but he's out in, in Toronto. I can only imagine eating, uh, what's that thing they eat in Canada? Poutine or whatever? That's uh, that's like the the famous food out there. No There's like it's, it's like fries with gravy. <laughs> I have no idea. Tom, I I think Tom went to university in the Toronto area, so he's probably gonna be like hitting uh hitting up some old stomping grounds up there. But yeah, he couldn't join us. But we're still gonna discuss a little bit of the Campeones Cup. But uh, then let's let, let's start with L three. Uh, obviously, don't, we don't want to focus too much on this since what did happen in the past. But I mean, uh, Mexico got a four to one loss against Uruguay. They got the one nothing loss against the U.S. men's national team. We probably all discussed the Matt Miazga thing far, far too long now. <laughs> we, we, what, what else do we have to say that's really constructive at this point about the Matt Miazga Linus situation? But for you, Adriana, when you're thinking of the positive or, positives or negatives, like what comes to mind when you think of the positives? Um, obviously, the minutes for all the younger um, younger players. I really like the fact that they just played them. I I really think they didn't care about the results. Obviously, they yeah. it kind of stings that they lost against the U.S who also had a really, really young squad and had all this generational change and um, starting for next World Cup um, qualifiers. But uh, I really like the fact that they not only called up all these young players, but actually gave them all minutes or gave most of them minutes. I think the only one that had no minutes was, I think, Lahut. Was that it? Yeah, he didn't get any He didn't get any minutes at all. So, yeah. yeah oh, and, so Jonathan, and Jonathan Gonzalez. Oh, yeah, Jonathan well, Gonzalez. Oh, he got minutes he in the injured. first game, but in the second game he didn't get the start because he was injured. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So I, I really like that. I, I really didn't care about the score, although obviously there's this huge rivalry with the U.S., um, but still, I like that you could see the personality of some of the players. I love seeing Linus just come up and try and yeah. go against Miazgan. If you're like a foot taller, um, I like them getting that that international um, exposure. But I think the most important thing is now seeing them actually go through and getting more games slowly and and trying them trying to get this combination between experienced players and give, but not without giving minutes to all the younger ones as well. I think there's no point in having these younger players if you don't give them minutes. You have four years for them to get that experience. So I really don't mind if you don't call up Chicharito. He's not playing with West Ham anyway. He's not getting goals um, with his team. So I really don't mind if you just don't call up as many international players as you used to. Maybe even get some more Liga MX players. um, I don't know, Elias Hernandez might be a bit older, but I'd still like to see him a bit more in in the national team. Um, So I think that's the most important thing for for the following games in October and November. Yeah, 100% agree with the young players. I was extremely impressed with Linus. I think we all were. Alvarado, yeah. I think he had his moments. Avea, Arteaga, obviously Lozano in the first game. Guzman had his moments in the second game. I was just very impressed with them. Obviously, I mean, we, we can go on some negatives and talk about the finishing, which I think should be discussed. But I was quite happy with uh, how fluid Mexico looked, especially in the first half against the U.S. men's national team, how really dominant they were, how much more creative they really looked. Obviously, we... We have a lot of work to do in that final third, but I was extremely impressed with them. And like uh, like we mentioned earlier, I mean, Linus, I think, was a perfect example of that young player that you really want to see step up for Mexico. That you really want to see, you know, make a name for themselves and really say, like, hi, you know, I, I want to make a name for myself in this next generation. I want to be, you know, relevant to the next, for the, or the current World Cup cycle leading to 2022. So I, I was pretty impressed by him. And that that was a huge silver lining for me. But Adriano, when it came to the negatives, I mean, I mean, I just mentioned one that for me, oh, finishing was not great for me. But yeah. what were what were some of the negatives for you? I th- I think I, I really don't mind um, the goals against Uruguay. I mean, you saw them and you're like, oh my god, it's the same World Cup squad. We're going to be hammered here. Yeah, that was just like um, world world class stuff <laughs> right like, there. Oh my Stars, god. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but um, I'm really worried about not having a striker. Um, I, yeah. I think it's I'm, – I'm, I really don't mind any other position. I think we're doing really great. with. I, I see goalkeepers. I see defenders. I see midfielders. Um, I love Linus not only because he's a good player, but because after all this attention he's been getting, he hasn't let it get like, up to his head. He's been really yeah. calm about it. He's been playing just the same. He's th- showing all his potential. Um, I think that's something that I really applaud because usually you see all these play- young players come up and then after a week, they start missing games. They they start losing their, like they're in over their heads with all the attention. And I think Linus has done a great job with people surrounding him and missing his family as well. But um, I, I re- I'm really worried about not having a striker. I just don't see someone coming up and saying, uh, I'm the solution. I'm, I'm that number nine that you guys need. So um, I was looking around at the, at the league and there, there really isn't that many possibilities. I was actually thinking they should come up with like an alternate like 2011 rule saying that half of the minutes have to be strikers. <laughs> because I, I really don't know what they're going to do because you look at the league and there's not many solutions, really. I mean, there was um, some people were saying Vega from Toluca. Um, you can't say Linus because he's more like a winger. No, um, no, no. It, there's not someone that really comes to mind. You're like, oh, yeah, that, that guy can like, I don't know. I don't know, be, like be a solution. I was thinking of Reynald Alvarez from LA Galaxy too, and that guy's I've just been called up, I think, to the U seventeen team. Mm. So not a solution yet either. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to be writing about this soon uh, for ESPN. It should be coming out on Thursday. It's talk about this exact issue. That's just like, all right, so you see, Jimenez doing well. That's exciting. Obviously, Chicharito, he's struggling for minutes. But he's still a great player for Mexico. But after them, it's like, 
who's who's next? Yeah. <laughs> who, who's next? And I, and I think there are young players. I do think that there are young players. They just need to get minutes and they need to score. I mean, you mm-hmm. could say Rafael, Rafael Duran from Tigres. There's a potential mm-hmm. there. Roberto de la Rosa. There's potential there. Vega, you mentioned him. There's potential there. there, there, there I think if you look at the Liga Mekis, there is potential. And I think you can create a list of players, but they still have so much to prove, even at the Liga Mekis yeah. level. Not even proving at the like proving at the international level or proving at something like what you see like with a Linus or Arteaga recently. They just need minutes and they need to prove so much within their first division team. So I think there are options. And it's just, just keeping your fingers crossed that someone really does step up. Because if not, it's going to be Jimenez in 2022 and the backup is going to be Chicharito. And after that, I have no idea. We have to, we, we have to like, we have to like make a desperate call to Oribe and be like, please come back because we have yeah. no other option. I know you're 55 years old, but <laughs> we, need, we need you as, as, as a third backup striker. Yeah. And, and it's something that I think um, we probably have known from like, it's been how long since we had um, a Liga Mex like leading goal scorer, like Mexican leading goal scorer. I think it's yeah. I, the last one was Angel Reina, I think, still yeah. right. Um, right now we have Furch, we have Guignac, we have Victor Davila, which, by the way, way to go Necaxa with getting all those um, all those Chilean players. They're they're doing really well. Yeah. Um, you have Cebolla Rodriguez, then you have Sambeso, and then you have Elias Hernandez. Well, let's be honest, isn't a solution. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing is we always we always have a, a long list of wingers, attacking midfielders, midfielders. Like yeah. even and recently, it's been nice to see like, oh, cool, we have fullbacks now. Uh, even though even though Lahoud didn't get minutes, we have we have a, a decent option there. Net in the center defense, we still have some decent options, but just we need an out and out striker. Just yep. somebody, please, within the next like year <laughs> or so, please a young player. Like I know that it all depends on the teams as well because. Obviously, you have the youth minutes role, but you aren't seeing the youth minutes as you mentioned. You don't, you're not seeing them given to strikers. Like they, those aren't the players that are getting minutes. They're players in other positions. So it's just keeping your fingers crossed that someone really does step up soon. I really hope so. But obviously, the league is um, probably not not the biggest. It's not not as interested in getting all those uh, Mexican goal scorers. Because that means giving them time. And let's face it, some of the teams really don't have time. You have Veracruz is facing relegation next season again. You have Lobos yeah. who's doing poorly this season again, again. And you just you have to other teams that just want to make sure they have a good, good outcome in several games. So you just get the experienced striker all the time, even though he's a yeah. foreigner. So I, I get it. I, I get why the clubs don't give those minutes. Um, they, they, it's hard for them to give minutes in any position, but I particularly understand why it's even harder to give them on a striker position because there's so much more responsibility. But still, they, I think that's where the Federation has to come up and say, hey, I really need your help. These guys are not going to come from uh, anywhere else. We just can't go to Europe or go to the U.S. and say, hey, we just found these Mexican strikers. So yeah. hopefully something will come up. Um, maybe the U-20 team, maybe the U, um, U-17 team, team eventually will get a striker there. But um, I think it's too much wishful hoping. Or even some like a team like Pachuca, which we, I mean, I think it's just like it's just we can all we can all say it's the best of the best mm-hmm. of the best when it comes to developing young Mexican talent. I know they helped develop Roberta de la Rosa, but I mean, even them, they don't. Since when do they play with a and, and at least in recent seasons with like an out and out uh, Mexican striker up there, like in their three man front line? Yeah, you'll see one of them on the wings, maybe. Yeah, you'll see one of them in a center attacking midfield position. But look at the the recent signing they made the 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 guy from Leicester City. Uh, you know mm-hmm. they're, they're going to be probably so giving him. No, Uyoa, I think. Uh, oh yeah, Uyoa, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he's probably going to be taking over Franco Jara soon. So uh, mm-hmm. it's it's it, it, so if, if even a team like that isn't giving minutes to a Mexican striker, it's just it's it's not it's just not very good uh, going forward uh, for the Mexican national team. I mean, it is just 
really, really hoping that someone steps up soon uh, in the near future. This is where, where we need all the fans to join in and root for Chivas. See, this is why it's. Yep, you have. That's right, America. You have, you have no choice. All, like, yeah, you are, are all centered in and on Chivas is doing a really good job with, with younger players. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I think that's probably what I worried about the most after seeing all the, Me the Mexican national team um, last week. Yeah. Other than that, I think they did a pretty good job. I, I really don't worry about the other positions. It's just giving them time, giving them experience, not forgetting about them and saying like, oh, okay, you just got minutes with national team. We'll call you up, I don't know, maybe in January or something. No, just <laughs> keep on calling them. They'll get experience and that's what they need. But yeah. um yeah, we, we need something a brilliant plan for that striker position. Well, you already uh, you already mentioned a few Liga Mekis teams there. I started talking about Pachuca. You started talking about Chivas. So let's jump right into Adriana. Let's talk Liga Mekis, and let's start with the, I mean, just the shocking result of the weekend. Necaxa with a two nothing win over Cruz Azul. Cruz Azul's first loss of the season. It's actually the first Liga Mekis loss since March of this year. I mean, just what a result for Necaxa. Your thoughts on the, on that win for them? I was, I, I swear I was actually looking at the game and I was like, I think Cruz Azul might, I don't know, lose this one. And it's not it's particularly because I think Necaxa was doing a good job. I thought Necaxa had a really great, great start this season and then something happened. Um, they kind of lost themselves and I don't, I don't know. Um, I think maybe something with the coach, maybe not being as experienced to like have them perform the same way throughout the season. I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but I, I was actually thinking if they have to lose, this is a great moment to actually do it. They're just coming out from the break. They're still in um, the first yeah. position. Um, I think it's actually less pressure if they lose that um, that, that that streak and just have, become like a regular team and know that they can eventually lose. Otherwise, it's going to be all this pressure saying you have to be a champion and yet you're not you're not losing and you have all these players and then you have you Alvarado who was called up to national team and you have Elias Hernandez who was called up to national team. So I think it was just a pre like one less thing to worry about for Cruz Azul. So just lose against Necaxa. Um, it wasn't their best game at all. Um, I'm not quite sure. Caixinha gave them the week off. I think that was actually quite smart, despite the result. I think yeah. it's a good idea to just get, get them like um, lose some pressure as well, and they might have a really tough um, calendar coming up again with the Copa and stuff. So, I, th I thought it was it was a win-win situation, despite yeah. the loss somehow. A win-win. So you're saying is get the loss out of the way. Better to have yeah, the exactly. loss now near the midpoint of the season as opposed to let's say uh, a I month. Americanas some weeks or something. I yeah. think that would have been worse. Yeah, because yeah, because if actually if this was uh, if this was a loss to America or, or to uh, against Chivas or against uh, one of the, one of the bigger sides, then we would just be making a huge deal about this. We'd be like, exactly. oh, my like, oh my god, what god. is happening? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, so, America's yeah, not going to win the title. Chivas are somehow now going to make the, <laughs> the title. Like, that's what we'd be yeah. saying if that if if Cruzul lost one of those big sides. Yeah, I really do think it was better for them to to just lose a game already. Uh, they oh, did it with, yeah. with the Copa. Um, I think it was against Atlas, wasn't it? Um, yeah, they did lose a Copa Mekis. I forget who, but yeah. I think uh, it was I Atlas. Yeah, I forget was who it was. Or did they score against Atlas? But yeah, I was actually yeah, yeah. Um, saying, yeah, you have one less thing to worry about because you have... Um, they they actually used their their hybrid pitch for the first time this time. I, I had no idea they weren't using it. I thought they were, um, I don't know, alternating between... Uh, the federation um, facilities and La Noria, which is where they usually practice. And then, no, they, they, they got their pitch just now, which is the same <laughs> pitch that they're using at the Azteca Stadium. So it took them like oh, like almost two months to get that ready, which kind of makes you think why the Azteca isn't ready um, after all this time. But, um, yeah. but yeah, anyway, I, I really do think it was just better for them to lose that pressure. And luckily for them, they lost uh, during the Canelo fight. So, like, no one was really paying attention. Yeah. I thought, like, I thought, 
I was the only one paying attention to Mexican soccer. I was like, well, where's everyone going? Like, I don't really like boxing that much. Where are you guys all going? Let's talk about, like, Chivas. Let's talk. And actually, let's jump into it right now, Adriana, because I felt like I was the only one watching that Chivas game. Chivas with a I huge 42 win over Rayados. I mean, I a, a well-earned and impressive win for Chivas. On the Independence Day, nonetheless. I was like, yeah. I, I was looking at the three things at the same time. So we, we were looking at, at the boxing fight live. So we were actually... um. I know, looking at one side, and then I was like, "Oh my God, it's the break!" And then I was looking at the other side, and then Chivas just scored like three goals. I don't know it was twenty minutes or what seemed <laughs> yeah. like twenty minutes. I had no idea because um, I had to do the America match, so I was done with that. And then I was like, "Oh my God, Chivas over here!" And then I was like, "Oh my God, Cruz Azul is still losing!" And then, "Oh my God, Canelo might win." <laughs> <laughs> it was just crazy. And then some people elsewhere were were yelling "Viva Mexico" or something. So because um, <laughs> that was at the same time, the president came out and said, "You know, the Viva Mexico" speech um, at the same time that all those things happened. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm sad for Chivas because um, on one side, you're like, oh, my God, they beat Monterrey, which is probably one of the tougher rivals. Yeah. Um, although I think some people are kind of being a little more skeptic about Diego Alonso. I just don't think he's done as well as many people thought. But um, still, nonetheless, really good um, performance by Chivas just coming from uh, I think they were going down two to one coming away with a 4-2 victory against Monterrey in Monterrey. Yeah. And then at the same time, Cruz Azul somehow losing against Necaxa. Um, but yeah, I think it was a, even a more positive thing that people weren't actually paying that much attention to the <laughs> game at that point. Yeah, Monterrey they did have to make two injury subs in the first half. So I think that's something to keep in mind. Avilis was injured, substituted out. Urata Vizcaya was injured. He had to substitute out. But either way, I mean, Monterrey, they're completely stacked. They're just uh, yeah. one of the most talented rosters in the Western Hemisphere. So I think that <laughs> losing 4-2 against a side like Chivas, that's it's pretty disappointing for Rayados fans. Uh, but speaking of, uh, of losses, uh, Atlas, another loss, another goalless game for them on a terrible Estadio Jalisco pitch. Uh, they lost one nothing yeah. to Cholos yesterday. I mean, just things aren't getting any better for Atlas at all. I mean, especially when you, I mean, I know Cholos went down to 10 men, but there was such a questionable red for them as well uh, in mm-hmm. that match. I know, and um, lots of pressure with Atlas as well. Not, well. You have the pitch just adding up to all the all the pressure. It was um, Guillermo Moyo's first match um, with the team. Uh, obviously, not that much time to actually work and make a difference. I think Sometimes, there's this um, there's idea that in Liga Mekis, the the coach that whoever has its first game will actually wins. So it, it's um, técnico que debuta gana, they say over mm-hmm. here, but obviously mm-hmm. it's not true. Like half the time, and the other <laughs> half the time, just luck. Um, but yeah, I. I Tough luck for Atlas because you have Rafa Marquez coming in with this um, this administrative position, and he's not I, he's had really bad luck. He brought in Pareja, who was also injured. He hasn't even been able to practice with the team. Yeah. And you bring in Oyos, who really sounds like a promising coach. I mean, you look at him and you're like, oh my god, this guy was in Barcelona, not the first team, but still some team that like Atlas wants to bring out all these young players. And it just seems, you look at the calendar, you're like, I really don't know when they're going to be able to win. I was actually rooting for them against uh, Cholos. I put a 1-0 uh, victory for Atlas this time, but I, I, that's going to be a tough one to get out of. I don't know. Yeah, so it's going to be really difficult for them. And their new manager, um, what's his name? Uh, Oyos? Oyos, I forget. Guillermo, yeah. Oyos. Guillermo Oyos, who uh, yeah. I was pretty impressed with his resume, but then I also saw he they coached the Jacksonville Armada or something like that first season. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, cool, you're in Barcelona, but then what? Wait, what were you doing in like the the low, in, like the second or third division of like American soccer? <laughs> but uh, but Tom, Tom owed me a uh, Tom made a bet with me. Uh, he bet a Corona on that one, so now he owes me a beer. So uh, Tom, if you're listening, if you're over there in Toronto, you definitely still owe me a yep. beer. 
pay up. Yeah, pay up, man. Pay up. Uh, <laughs> for you, any other are there any other notable moments from the league of this weekend? Whether it be America, maybe the Pumas Lobos swap game. What what else stood out to you? Um, yeah, Pumas, Pumas. I think I was. Um, I thought about them getting the victory. Obviously, going to Seoul um, with, with um, no fans as well because everybody was, I guess, still drunk or something. Uh, so <laughs> not lots of pressure in Seoul. Yeah, I mean, who's going to go to Seoul at twelve in the at twelve um, noon? Yeah, after fifteenth. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I get that. But um, I was I was actually thinking that they might um, fire Palencia, but then if you think about it, it's Lobos, and I, they might just not have the money to fire him and bring in a new coach. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm I'm starting to worry, and they're probably thinking that the best thing that's happened to them is seeing Atlas not win. Because despite not technically not there being a relegation next season, they could still make it back to a sense. So if they don't pay up the money and the fine for actually being last in the on, in the relegation table, so um, I like Pumas probably half the game. The other half, I just saw fans were really really mad because yeah. this is a team that has a coach that is known for like being really aggressive and play, had a really forward looking like playing style, and then he's coaching um, David Patino. He just like, I don't know, he gets like really relaxed and the team isn't looking that aggressive. And this is Pumas at home. It's, yeah. That's when you have to be most aggressive. So I saw lots of fans being angry despite the, the 4-2 um, victory. And... So the second time this season that's happened where it's like a high-scoring game. Uh, I think the second mm-hmm. time in the last like month or so that Pumas, yeah, they get a win, but it's just like, what's going on there defensively with the side? It just yeah. makes so many mistakes, yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know. People, are, I mean, Pumas is second place now, but still, fan, it just does, doesn't seem like they're like a team to beat still without, yeah. like, despite that position. So it's kind of odd. And I, I do get the fans being angry because they have a team, they've proved it, they're second place, that could actually be more, um, I, I don't know, be, be more like a leader in, in, in the Liga Mekis. because we're still thinking about America. Maybe even, I don't know, Monarcas at the first, uh, the first half of the season was doing pretty well, and then they're doing yeah. kind of poorly. Um, and yeah, Tigres as well. I think is kind of um, surprising that you just don't see them win as um, as much as before. They got a, a draw against Pachuca, and they almost um, lost. They, if it wasn't for that golazo, from, yeah. yeah. If it wasn't for that golazo from Zelarian, I was actually I sent out a tweet. I was like, <laughs> I was about to like criticize Tigres because it'd be one thing yeah. if Tigres were dominating possession, if they were like creating a lot of opportunities. But Pachuca had a significant amount of possession. Pachuca were creating opportunities and. They, I almost feel like Pachuca were worthy of the wins there, so I, I do think that's that's worth noting right there with Tigres. Yeah, I think so. Tigres, for some reason, but it, we've seen this before. Like this took out took over um, some years ago. They'll have like this like really good start, and then halfway through the season, they'll be like okay. They'll be like six, seven yeah. in, in the Liga MX, and then all of a sudden they'll make it in Liguilla, and they'll be like they'll win and or something. <laughs> and then Junior's like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I should step up. Let me all score like five goals today. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, it, it's really it's really odd, and obviously they have all this pressure after Tuga coming in from the national team, and he had to. Um, he actually told reporters if he, they could please stop like just like asking him questions about na- the national team. I just I won't say what he said on the conference because um, it wasn't a really nice word. But he's <laughs> like, oh, my God, please get off my back about this. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that was the other result. Um, Santos, I wasn't really too surprised. Um, Gustavo Diaz was fired today, by the way. Yep. Um, yep that I was think the most important. I thought what what was most odd about that match was that they had to change their jerseys and like the twenty seventh minute because they realized they were just too similar to the ones of Leon. So it was, so it was, they, it was like, like they changed the shorts and then they had to change the shirt. So then they tactically yeah. went through three different like setup of the jerseys right there, right? 
Because they had this really like it was their anniversary last week, so they had this really odd looking shirt with all like a combination of all their previous uniforms, but it was um, mostly green and white, which is Leon's colors as well. So uh, obviously Leon can't change; they just brought in like 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 their away jersey, and that was it. So then Santos had to take away their anniversary jersey and put on like, like the regular um <laughs> their away jersey, which is black and green. And they're playing in Torreon at 4 p.m. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Somehow they started. They ended up losing on, uh, with all that those movements because it, it was really really warm at that time. Yeah, I don't um, know. I'm looking at the games. I think we only have um, the other one, uh, Veracruz against Toluca. That was a crazy game as well. Yeah, um, I, was watching, I was watching that one in the background where Toluca were doing well. Veracruz like fought back, and then Toluca were able to get that <laughs> uh, that late 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 goal there through a penalty. So I think that was a goal from Sambuesa through through a penalty very yeah. light on there. So so credit to them. And yeah, I guess you know the America over Morelia. Uh, I guess we're not that surprised America got the win. But shout out to Jorge mm-hmm. Sanchez for that golazo. If you haven't had a chance to yeah, go watch, awesome. go watch that right now because like what a goal that was <laughs> uh, from, you know what, from Sanchez. What, yeah. You know what the odd thing is? Um, Toluca had this young player come in. He made his Liga MX debut and he scored. Um, I think it's Adrian Mora, if I, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, yeah. And then Puebla's victory, 1-0 against Querétaro, was also a young player. Um, I'm trying to remember his name. Let, I'll, I'll look it up. And then you have Jorge Sanchez come in for America and also scoring um, for America. So that was pretty cool. I, I like when the young players like step up and make it make a shot. Loroña. Loroña is the guy from, from, from Puebla. So yeah, it's Vla- really fun because you see Vladimir Loroña. Loroña. I'm looking that up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Vladimir Loroña is a very Mexican name. Um, <laughs> but the odd thing is, you, you see like a number 230 come up to the field, and you're like, "Oh my god, poor guy." I mean, the number barely fits on his back, and then he did come up with a goal. And, so I, I, I'm, I'm rooting for those guys with the long numbers um, on their jerseys, <laughs> and especially because like, I feel like that it's so obvious too. Like if you're an opposing team and you see a guy with a 355, you're like, "Ah, this is a kid." <laughs> This is like I, I can easily take this guy. yeah piece of cake. I can easily take this academy guy down. <laughs> I do feel because I feel like they're just a target at that point. They're probably like much shorter and like skinnier than the rest of the players yeah, too. Skinnier. Yeah. So like, uh, but a shout out to those young Mexicans um, who've been getting minutes, obviously because of the youth minutes rule. But please, oh my God, soccer gods, give us a striker. Just please give us a striker. Yeah, please. We'll, we'll, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll make it a sixteen-team league or something. We'll sacrifice two of our teams. <laughs> <laughs> well, something. We'll go to the, like to the, I don't know the the sun pyramid and something and make some kind of ritual if we get uh, like a pair of strikers. I thought you said like the sum soccer united marketing pyramid. I was like, yeah, I guess, I, I guess maybe they could, yeah. are, are they this are they the soccer gods <laughs> at this point? They're definitely taking charge of some stuff. All right. Uh, so, quick shout out to the listeners of the Mexican Soccer Show. You're still in the lead with 42 points in our predictions table. Uh, shout out to Amy who um, takes charge of that and puts all the tally and whatnot. I wouldn't have the patience to do that work. So well done, Amy. So yeah, the Mexican Soccer Show fans are in the lead, forty-two points. Adriana is in second, forty-one. I have forty, and then we have Weasel, Amy, and Tom trailing just behind. Adriana, fans actually chose Chivas. Do, do, do I remember yeah. that correctly? Yeah, that's that's good. That's because like seventy percent of our fans are Chivas fans. That's why. I'm a Chivas fan. I I put Monterrey. <laughs> Nah, dude, it's like 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 seventy percent of our of our of our list. I would say, all right, I'm gonna make a wild guess that it's probably entirely untrue. Okay, I'm gonna guess, I'm gonna guess forty percent of our fans are Chivas fans, thirty percent of our fans are Medica fans, and then like the last thirty after that, it's just like a mixture of all the other teams. So I think there's just a strong majority of Chivas fans are just like, yeah, like Chivas, Grusasul, Chivas, Chivas, Tigres, boom, Chivas. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that's that, a big- that was just crazy. Yeah, but well, but obviously, well deserved win for Chivas there. Extremely yeah, impressive yeah, for them. Yeah, well, 
Well done, guys. Well done. There you yeah, go. There you go. There you are. There you go. Very impressive. Uh, very impressive. Until until next week when I surpass you guys. All right, uh, Adriana. <laughs> let's talk about the Campeones Cup. This is Wednesday night. Seventh place Tigres versus ninth place in the East Toronto. <laughs> I mean, be, be honest. I mean, I was I was going to ask Tom this question because he made the long trip over to Toronto. But I was going to ask him. But if I'm going to ask you, I mean, how? I don't know. From from a scale of one to ten, how excited are you? Because I'm a three. I'm a three. I don't know how excited you are. I was like a one because I didn't even remember we had that game. I think until I saw Tigres um, win again. I mean the tie against Pachuca on Saturday. I was like looking up what their next game was, and I was like, oh yeah, that's coming up. I it, it's I I really think it's a good idea of a game, um, disregarding the fact that the calendars are off obviously by some months, but. Um, something happened. I don't know if it was um, the FIFA pause uh, last week or I I have no idea what happened, but people really don't know that this is happening. So (laughs) I'm, I love the idea, but I'm really not psyched about it at all, especially seeing as both teams aren't doing quite as well as we'd like them to. It's not the the amazing Tigres with Guignac coming in and taking charge of all like the offense and stuff like that. Um, They're 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 just doing okay. I thought Toronto would be doing a lot better as well. They're really, um, I respect them a lot since Chivas, um, Faced them last season, but um, I, I I really think something happened like between them actually coming up and and showing the trophy on social media and showing all the logo. I I really think fans have no idea this is going on the day after tomorrow. Yeah, I mean I I'm in support of a game like this. I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. I think more yeah, I like stuff it. like this is it's good for both sides. But just the execute mm-hmm. execution of it is just terrible. Yeah. A, a Wednesday night on the same week of the Glasgow Regio, like who like. Didn't someone look at the schedule <laughs> the and, calendar, see just like, yep. <laughs> and be like, should we put this game just a few days before the biggest game of the season yeah. for Tigres? Like, well, how, how did no one recognize that? I, I, I'm just really, really confused by that. I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm a supporter of this. I'm excited for more games going forward. But just because it's going to be on a Wednesday, just because it's the same week of the Classical Regio, I know Tigres uh, brought up some of their best players out there to Toronto. But because, because Toronto exactly haven't been at their best, I know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm at a three. I, I'm genuinely three. I'm, I'm not that excited by it, but who knows? It could end up being a very good game. We could say this right now, and it could end up being a thrilling match. But I, I, I don't know. Credit to the league, both leagues for do it for creating this yeah, game. For the but effort, yeah, for the effort, it'd be interesting to see how it how it how it goes like uh, in the future. But just I'm just not interested in the one this week. <laughs> I know. Um, I was going to say the same person that was in charge of putting the game on the on the same week as the Clásico Regio was the same person that saw that Santos and, and Leon were playing with pretty much the same jerseys. Um, <laughs> <Sunday>. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really like the effort. It's like probably the closest thing we'll ever get to a like an All Star Liga Makis against an All Star MLS match, something along those lines. Yeah. But I I really um, really don't like the fact that people aren't aware that this is actually happening in two days. Yeah. Um, I'd love for both teams to be a bit stronger in the respective leagues. I'd love for for this to be Tigres that won a couple of years ago and just being like really, um, I don't know, the team to beat in Liga Mekis. It, it is, but but now more by popularity, maybe it's not the strongest version of Tigres we've seen uh, in a while. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's, I'm kind of sad that it's not been as big as a thing as we thought it could be. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. It's this Wednesday. Uh, don't ask me what time the game is at because I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> I can look it up. Um, let's let's switch gears over to the Mexicans abroad. We talked a little bit about it. We talked about the Champions League, but uh, 
So, so we're just going to go ahead and say that it could be an exciting game, but we think that PSV is going to lose uh, to Barcelona tomorrow. Yeah, um, I, I really. This is one of the things where you want all of the soccer gods to come in and kind of ruin everyone's plan of just knowing that Barcelona will win yeah. and just saying, "Oh, let's just have like one of those accidents that happen in soccer." Somehow, it's like, um, like Alcorcón beating Real Madrid in the Copa del Rey, or something like that, coming <laughs> along those lines. Yeah. But no, obviously, uh, it's going to be a tough call for for PSV. They have the toughest group, I think, uh, kind of debatable maybe, but yeah, probably the second toughest group in the entire league. So. Any good, like getting a goal in Camp Nou would probably be a good result. And yeah, I think Barcelona will have no problem getting the victory at home. Yeah, likewise. I'll be I'll be happy to see Eric Gutierrez on the field just because for that experience. I mean, to think yeah. that this guy, I, I, don't, I forget exactly what Pachuca's schedule is like, but he could have potentially been facing Puebla last month. And now he's going to be like <laughs> the camp yeah. now, like playing against Barcelona. Like what a, what a transition <laughs> for that. For that player, but hopefully we can see a good performance from him and Lozano. Uh, but yeah, Porto, Schalke, I mean, I, I, I expect a little bit more from those guys, a little bit more experience. More, uh, so I, I think I expect a good game from Herrera, a win for Porto, and hopefully a, a starting spot for Tecatito as well, because it's a little up and down with Tecatito when it comes to him yeah. and his role for Porto. Up and down for the last two seasons, really, with Tecatito. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I don't know. He's had lots of personal issues you remember um he, when he was with the mexican national team he had all these permission to leave the team and then come back on again and so, so he's had that, some personal tragedies it's unfortunate he's yeah, yeah exactly but um sadly it's also had some impact on his playing style and his performance because he, he i remember when we saw porto and you would see like at least three mexican players you would have Victor herrera sometimes you have the reyes you would have tecatito um we, the only one who was missing was raul gudinho at that point sometimes yeah. But, um yeah i'd really like him to get some some minutes and to try to like recuperate that that role that he had that we just saw as a winger and trying to take some responsibility at the offense with Porto, which we know Herrera will probably do. He's he's done a lot better, uh, a lot regular performance than Tecatito. Yeah, and then looking forward, we also have the Europa League. Let's not forget about that. Uh, Villarreal versus Rangers, Marseille versus Eintracht Frankfurt, Sevilla versus Standard Liege, Dynamo Zagreb versus Fenerbahce, and Olympiacos versus Real Betis. From those games, like which ones are you excited about? Because I think for me, uh. I'm interested to see if uh, Lyon can get some more minutes over there at VRL. Um, I'm actually more psyched to see uh, Marco Fabian step up at Eintracht after he was about to sign for Fenerbahce in Turkey and then just come on. They actually took um, the official picture today, their, their photo. Um, Marco Fabian was there after he was, like two weeks ago, we thought he was leaving the team and he's back on again. And I then think, he was literally, like a week or two ago, he literally held up like the scarf of like Fenerbahce or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big no-no. Do not do not show the scarf of the team unless you sign. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm kind of looking to see if he gets like his revenge on with with Eintracht and take on like more um, leadership role at the offense and just showing hey you guys were wrong. I, I really do need to be here and I, I can show you guys and it can be important for the team. So I'm a bit more excited for Marco Fabian than like you and maybe for the Europa League. Yeah. So wrap things up. Let's look at the the weekend results for the Mexicans abroad. I mean, speaking of Marco Fabian, even though Frankfurt lost three to one to Dortmund, it was pretty surprising to see Fabian in the starting eleven. It wasn't his best game. wasn't Frankfurt's best game. But I mean, pretty impressive to see him there. After I mean, we just said it. We thought he was going to go to Turkey. We thought he was going to be mm-hmm. joining forces with Diego Reyes. Feel a little bit bad for Diego Reyes because I'm sure he was a little excited to have a buddy like Fabian over the team. <laughs> He's like, okay, cool. Can you imagine how Diego Reyes is? Yeah. 
imagine that WhatsApp conversation. Dude, are you coming over? Yeah, dude, it's, it's all set. I'll be there. It's Don't cool. worry. We'll be the Mexican duo and Turkey. <laughs> no worries. We'll, I'll, we'll have someone to go out, like have dinner with and just talk in Spanish or something like that. And they're like, oh, dude, you're not going to guess what happened. It's like, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm staying. <laughs> you're not going to guess what happened. You can't meet me with Salt Bay tonight in, uh, yeah. in Istanbul. It's like, yeah. no, no. Yeah, yeah, like it's, it's, I was in Turkey and he was with Salt Bay. That was amazing. I mean, if I, if I was in Turkey for like four hours, I'd go hang out with Salt Bay. So, <laughs> but, but yeah, but Marco, Fabian, so let's see what he could do this season uh, with Eintracht. Like you said, it's going to be interesting to see how he does. It's going to be a big game this Thursday against Marseille. Raul Jimenez. Uh, got the game winner for Wolves over the weekend. One nothing win over Burnley. Although I saw that they had Wolves had a total of thirty shots <laughs> in that <I> game. <laughs> but he scores. That's, um, that, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Yeah. I think I'm probably more psyched about Raúl Jiménez and Wolves than I am by probably any other Mexican at this point. I, I really think he's. I don't know. He, he came into the team. He's found a really good position. Yeah, he's, it's not the most effective team but what when but he's already had he already has two goals um to this point and it's it looks like the team might have a really good shot at missing relegation at the end of the season so i'm I'm really excited about him not with chicharito who just is really struggling to actually get minutes with west ham yeah um and today um nestor araujo had a really really poor game with celta de vigo um they lost against um Girona. uh yeah, but I, I guess I guess in his defense, I think that was his first bad game of the season. I think he's been pretty yeah. reliable for them for the most part. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was kind of sad because actually I think two of the goals were kind of his fault somehow. But um, yeah, I, I still hope he'll do a pretty good. He'll have a pretty good season. But yeah, it was a terrible result for him in particular, just seeing his performance today. But still, psyched about Raúl. I, I really hope that he has um, more performances like this. I think they're actually facing Manchester United this weekend. Oh, so really? It's gonna oh, be great really? to see Raúl come up and see if he can do something against the Red Devils. Yeah, that's gonna be. Well, that's gonna be a big game right there to keep an eye on. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Chicharito. He wasn't able to take part in the last game. I saw that he had a virus. Or something like that, so he's not feeling well. But either way, that's just not mm-hmm. ideal for him because he still hasn't been able to solidify a starting spot with the West Ham team. Which, despite the win, they're just struggling this season. They're going to be yeah. relegation contenders uh, once again. Looking at Layun at Villarreal, he got the assist for the game-winning goal. So shout out to Layun uh, mm-hmm. for for stepping up. And that I, th- I think that was his first start of the season, if I remember correctly. I might be wrong. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, uh, I think so. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, but either way, uh, regardless, uh, big opportunity for him, and he stepped up with that assist right there for Villarreal. Uh, a quick shout-out to uh, Boyo Priseño over in Portugal. He got the yeah. game-winning goal for Ferenzi in uh, Taca da Liga, which is basically just the Portuguese Cup. But, I mean, I'm not saying this guy is national team-worthy. I'm not saying he's national team material. But if he keeps this up... I, I, I don't know, man. Like, it's just if, if he continues with the starting spot. A, like, you could just, like, call him up eventually and just say, like, okay, yeah. let's just see what's going on there with Portugal or something. Yeah, like I, like, I like really, in January. Like in Jan- yeah, you know those January friend like those January friendlies? It's always against, like, for someone. Who- really, yeah, like, I don't know, like a really small team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, so, it's usually when they only call up, like, Liga MX players. Maybe they could just, like, talk to Fede and be like, hey, we just want to take a closer look at this guy. I yeah. mean, he, he was national team captain for the U-17 squad. Um, in 2011, so um, he knows his stuff. So I don't know. Maybe we just shouldn't take him for granted and just give him a shot sometime. I mean, this is for I mean, they're not doing terribly. They're 
after uh, four games into the season, they're in sixth place. So they're only a few points, two points behind Porto, three points behind Benfica. So this isn't a terrible team because I know there's a huge, huge, when it comes to, when it comes to Portuguese soccer, you have the big teams and then you have Porto and then the rest. And then then the rest. (laughs) Yeah. And then, and then you have those small teams that have like smaller attendance numbers than a Dorados Mm -hmm. or smaller attendance (laughs) numbers than like a Zacatepec. So like, uh, so no, I, I think that's I think that's something to keep it on right there. Because especially if we're, yeah. if we're looking for some defensive options going forward, if we're looking for backups, especially um, to someone like Moreno, uh, I don't I don't I don't think we have a huge amount of options when it comes to that left center back position. As, as that right center back, we have a little bit more depth, but that left center back position, yeah. I, I think we could potentially look at him because I if you remember correctly, he is left footed. So I'm not saying I'm not saying call him up now, but yeah, maybe in January. Uh, keep yeah, keep an eye on him. Not, yeah. not a bad idea, I, I guess. I mean, you had Omar Govea come up um, last, like before the World Cup. So I don't know. Briseño doesn't seem to be doing that poorly. It's just not yeah. like say, oh yeah, we're good. No, 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 no. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I give him a I give him a chance as well. That might might be worth a look. Yeah, for you other, I mean, there are a few other games we could go over, but I don't think there's really anything too noteworthy well, with the Mexican. That's right. Well, well yeah. I, I guess we yeah we have to hundred percent talk about the the, the seven nothing win. I'm pulling it up on my phone. That's right over A D O Den Hag. I have a terrible time pronouncing some A-D-O, of those Eredivisie great. names, but <laughs> but Chucky with two goals and then of course Eric Gutierrez with the goal and an assist uh, yeah. for for Chucky. The assist, the assist was even more impressive than his golazo. So just what an incredible start over there for Gutier- for Gutierrez. I, I I was looking at at the game and I was like oh he's coming in it would be great if he has like. A good performance. Not it was never close to. <laughs> let, let's think of him actually getting an assist or even getting a goal, and then both thing happens like, like in five minutes. I think his goal was like two minutes, like after he got into the pitch. Yeah, and yeah. then the goal, and then the assist, and I was like, oh my god, the PSV fans are gonna go crazy. We're going crazy, and we're miles away. Um, and they love all the Mexican players that have been there. They, I remember when they started singing "Cerito Lindo" to Andres Guardado, and they had this Mexican flag come up and stuff. I was like, oh my god! If these guys can keep it up, they're gonna be amazing in PSV. I, I just can't imagine what they'll be able to do to stick together. And they were obviously psyched to be playing in the same team again. Yeah. Um, so they had to like this, this celebration, you know, where they like connected their like their hands, and that was really cute and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't watch Dragon Ball Z. I, I wasn't like for some odd reason, I just didn't get into it. I just, I don't, I don't know why. I was like too busy like watching like you know, Hey Arnold you know or something. The celebration came out from. Yeah, I didn't. I. I, I knew they did that, but I only learned like the day before yesterday that that's where it came out. I didn't know it was that cartoon in particular. I was like, oh, it's, they just came up with this thing. And then I saw the picture on, on Dragon Ball. I was like, oh. Yeah, it's a okay. Dragon Ball Z thing. I don't know, man. Like, I never, I never got into it. It's a millennial thing. Is it a millennial thing? Like I said, I, like I, said I was too I busy know. watching like Rugrats and Hey Arnold and like Cat Dog. <laughs> maybe I was like too I'm much of a child. Yeah, maybe I was like too much of a child and Dragon Ball Z was way too serious for me. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, I think and other results that set off in the weekend. Uh, Real Sociedad got a 2-1 to loss to Barcelona. Uh, 0-0 for Standard Liege against Sporting Charleroi. I probably mispronounced that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> with Real Betis, they got a 0-0 draw against Valencia. Uh, I think that's about it when it comes to the Mexicans abroad. That, I mean, just at least the results that stand out to me. I mean, for you, Adrian, any, oh, any wait, other... Jonathan. Um, Jonathan giving the assist for Zlatan's 500 goal. Oh, that's right. Jonathan Dos Santos. I mean, what a... Oh, my God, that goal. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I guess I guess if you if you were impressed by the goal from Jorge Sanchez and you haven't seen the Zlatan goal, I mean, go look at the Zlatan goal yeah, right now. Look, yeah. 
Twitter, YouTube, anything. Zlatan scores goals that I've never seen anyone it, score before in my life. That's what it, makes it Zlatan, Zlatan. Like physically impossible. I think we could actually get injured if we try to replicate one of those goals. I'm not going to try. Mean, to, I'm not that flex player yet. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you, it's something you have to like practice. I don't know, like in one of those like I don't know foam like pits. And yeah. just like beg to God, you won't like like I don't know fall on your head or something. It was just so weird, but it was a great goal. I mean, a great way to celebrate your fifth hundred goal. Yeah, I would never be able to do anything like that. Even though someone <laughs> on the chat said that I look like Carlos Vela, why well, look like the chubby Carlos Vela who hasn't played a soccer game in like three years? <laughs> um, Adriana, any other final thoughts uh, before before we wrap up uh, today's show? Um. I was trying to see what how Dorados is doing, but uh, I, I want to see you guys. Zero zero. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's zero zero. Yeah, I, I got it up I on my phone. If, if, if people actually showed up now, but um, that's gonna be hard to see. So we might be able to talk about that um, probably next week. But um, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it. I mean, let's let's see what happens with with the Tuca telenovela. Um, he insists on saying, "If you guys want me, you know what you have to do, which is get Tigres to fire me, pay up." <laughs> get and me a second Ferrari. Yeah, yeah get me another Ferrari. Which, by the way, he got pulled over last week. That was that was fun. Um, <laughs> it's the second time I see I've seen him pull, being pulled over by police. Um, so I I don't know. There was all these rumors coming up that saying that Matias Almeida might take over the Lyon position. If he does, obviously it means that he's not going to be make it to the national team, which mm-hmm. still seems like a really long shot by now. So let's see what how that ends up. I, I don't know. I, I'd really like to go into 2019 knowing that we have a national team coach, but um, just doesn't seem like a priority at this point. I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. I mean, yeah, we still have some games um, coming up this year, so we'll see when we do have a national team coach. I mean, there was a what was it was, was it the there was rumors about Peckerman as well too that he could potentially be taken charge. But I mean, you got to take all these rumors with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I, I guess looking forward, at, le- at least for me, uh, just keep an eye on the Champions League, keep an eye on Chucky, keep an eye on Gutierrez, keep an eye on the the guys over at Porto, and also on Thursday. I mean, keep an eye on the on the Europa League. Europa I think League, yeah, I, sure. I, 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 just with the amount of Mexicans that are be taking part in the Europa League this season, I would be surprised if one of them goes quite far in the tournament. And we might have, I mean, for example, look at someone like uh, Lyon Villarreal. They're all pretty talented. They could go pretty far in the Europa League. So I think that's something to be keeping an eye on. But uh, yeah, I think that wraps it up for us. Uh, thank you, Adriana, for just... It was basically just you and me chatting for about an hour here uh, without Tom, without any, any any of the other crews. So hopefully you guys uh, you guys weren't missing uh, Tom or Wiso or Amy a little bit too much here. But uh, yeah, thank you, Adriana, again for, for joining me on today's uh, episode. You're welcome, Caesar. And let's remind the fans to um, vote for this weekend for this week's games for League MX. You guys are kicking our butts, so um, keep on. For doing now, that. for now, yeah, for now, for now. For we'll, now. We'll, we'll see what happens in a few days. Yeah, yeah it may, let's see. it's probably gonna be my worst week. Guys, a chance. <laughs> that's, that's what we're trying to say. All right, thank you, thank you, all the all the listeners. Thank you for Amy taking charge of uh, uh, basically like the Twitter day and taking charge of all. I'm, we were just talking about there with the predictions table. So Amy usually sends out those uh, those tweets. I want to say usually on like Wednesday or Thursday, and that's where you guys can vote uh, on Twitter on the Mexican Soccer Show account, and you can therefore try to beat us again. But we'll 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 see how it goes this uh, this upcoming week. I'm feeling a little bit more confident. I'm getting a little bit more momentum. I'm like a I'm like a Pachuca now, where I'm feeling a little bit better. <laughs> I know it was like a little worse at the beginning of the season. I think things are like, things are getting better for now. Uh, but yeah, thank you uh, everyone once again. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next episode of the Mexican Soccer Show. Have a good night, everyone. Bye, guys. <laughs>